Hello everyone, welcome to the AfriTalk podcast where we come together to discover ourselves through our heritage and sharing our experiences in the diaspora. I am your host, Jackie. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the AfriTalk podcast where we come together as a community to discuss, learn from one another and share our experiences as Africans in the diaspora. And my name is Jackie. Thank you for watching my previous video uh, or listening to my podcast. If you've not had the chance, I'll put a link in the description box so you can go and watch or listen. So on this week, I'm going to talk to one of my good friends, Gladys. Well, excuse me, Dr. Gladys, because hmm, she's officially <laughs> a doctor it. now. <laughs> Anyways, Dr. Gladys, sorry, eh, please. You can now, still think, call now, me Gladys. Nothing has changed. Now when, I'm talking, I don't. <laughs> when I'm talking to you, I'll be saying, please, please, please. Eh, PhD. I'm ah! still the same. Still the same. <laughs> But uh, of course, I appreciate you giving credit and, you know, acknowledging my title, but I'm still Gladys. I remember Dr. Gladys, I, not necessary. It is Dr. Gladys. Because I remember when we went for the, how, it was a graduation or honoration. What was the good English word? What? You mean is it honoration? Ceremony. It's graduation. It was uh, public defense. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's called a public defense, but it's actually like also a graduation ceremony. But uh-huh. first, you need to defend your thesis, so you have to present your research, and after that, they say, "Okay, now you're officially graduated." That's uh-huh. uh, how it went. When mm-hmm. I went there, when I was just like, "Ah," I was still just telling myself, "This is what my father would have liked me to." Because my father was always the one saying, "Hey, I didn't. He he didn't finish. Uh, go to university. He won't at least one of his children to go to university and this and that." Mm-hmm. And also, I was sitting mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. If I was the one standing there on the podium, the way my father would be rolling on the floor. In fact, he would just <laughs> he would just lie on the floor. Say, Jackie, just walk over me. Walk, walk on me. In fact, stamp on me. Uh-uh. Wow. I'm proud of you, Jack. Okay. You did well. You did well. At oh, least, you're like you know. a proud parent, literally. Mm, we yeah, thank God for, for you. I'm very happy for yeah. you. Uh, how was it for you to graduate? Yeah. So um, let's start from the beginning. So mm. I first did my high school. Um, mm-hmm. in, the, in Utrecht that's where I was born and raised so after six years of high school I decided to study at the University of Amsterdam I did my uh, bachelor's in anthropology so mm-hmm. I studied there for four years and after those four years I decided to do my master's so I wanted to continue my studies so I, and I didn't want to stay in the Netherlands um, so I actually decided to moved to London and I did my master's there for one year and my, I did my master's in migration and diaspora studies. So after I completed my master's, I was like, okay, what's next? Um, and actually, to be honest, I didn't really know what a PhD was. I did, had never even imagined me doing a PhD, but it was that um, when I was doing my master's, there was one uh, a teacher of mine, she was um, doing a PhD at the time. So seeing someone um, who I could identify with, she was like a Black Caribbean um, woman, but she was also like, well, we weren't of the same age, but she was just only a few years older than me. So I could really identify with her. And we became um, 
well, I wouldn't say friends, but someone I really looked up to and she really shared some of her um, lessons, like her experiences doing this PhD with me. And this actually made me consider, okay, a PhD, maybe this is something for me. So when I went back to the Netherlands, um, I just saw, I was just looking for a job because I wasn't sure like what my next step would be, as I mentioned before. And then I saw this PhD position that was advertised on um, the Maastricht University website. So Maastricht University, that's the university where I did my PhD at. And, you know, all the topic of the PhD really resonated with me because I was interested in migration, mobility, African diaspora, uh, young people, um, uh, transnationalism, um, identity, culture, like all those things, all these topics, they came together in this one PhD project, basically. So, yeah, I was like, shall I just try and see how far I will, how, how far I will get? And then, you know, I submitted my um, motivation, my cover letter, my CV, and long story short, I got invited to do the interview and I ended up getting the PhD position. So that's uh, basically how it went. So wait, so for the PhD, it's not like school that you go and apply to studies. It's, it's a job or what? Yeah, so in the Netherlands, um, the PhD is basically like a job. So mm. it's um, you're, you get hired by the university to do research. So you also get paid in those uh, Ooh, four years. Oh so it's God. a four-year program. And um, yeah, it's. I would say that maybe compared to other countries like the United States, um, I think the, your position in the Netherlands is much better because of the fact that you actually get paid. You don't even have to apply for funding necessarily to do your PhD. Oftentimes you rely on funding and you sometimes even need to pay a fee in order to do your research um so like as uh, for example when you study you have to pay college fee right and mm. so as a phd in i think in, in in the uk you have to actually pay fee in order to do the phd mm. but it's it's not like that in the netherlands so yeah that's uh yeah that was also for me the reason why i wanted to do it in the netherlands instead of the uk for example Hey, because of money. No, not because of money. I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to. I don't want to do extra, um, you know, get more depth. Because, mm. you know, when you study, you already get depth. And I don't want to get even more depth because of this PhD thing. Plus, you know, after having done your master's, that already, it, it can be quite heavy, you know, to do another st study program. So if I would have liked to, you know, do this PhD as another study, then, you know, it would have felt even more, even heavier. So I was like, no, nah, I'm going to pay for it. No, that's, I'm not mm -hmm. going to do it. But yeah, it might seem like, okay, money is it. Money is also important. Okay. <laughs> if it wasn't that you met that teacher in, um, in uh, when you went to do your master's in UK, you wouldn't have even thought mm. about PhD. You would just go and apply for a job and, just work normal mm, that's an interesting question um well she uh, it's not it's not like she was the only person i knew who had done a phd i already um had like a sister of a good friend of mine seren is her name she was also doing a phd when i got to know her so i was already a little bit familiar with the idea of doing a phd but it never 
it, it never crossed my mind that it could be something that I could do myself. So I think it was only when I um, really met this person in London that I was like, okay, now that I've done my bachelor's, I'm now doing this master's and I really like to study. That's something I really know. I'm very passionate about these topics. Um, I can actually follow up on this. This doesn't have to be the end. No, because mm. I was also like, oh, it's, I really like to continue studying. Mm. Although it's heavy, I like to do it. So, yeah. Hearing this, the African yeah. in me, right? The African in me is all I'm hearing is... Mm. <laughs> Hmm. women who like to study yeah you cannot marry them because they will the, the whole day in the house they'll be just reading book book instead of cooking they'll be reading book instead of taking care of the children they'll be reading book even you the husband that you're supposed to be the head of the farm they will be telling you what mm. to do out of the book that they are reading what do you think about that statement um i think it's uh as a phd student or as someone who likes to study it's not like it's one thing or the other. You can mm. combine doing ho- household tasks with also uh, with your schoolwork, with your homework. Um, and you know me. Do you think that I'm someone who neg- neglects e- every other thing that's going on in my life just because I'm only focusing on studying? Like, what do you think? Well, for me personally, obviously, <laughs> because I know you, I know you're not that type of person. But like, yeah. it's the, you know, I'm talking more from the Africanism, Africanan, whatever side. Because I remember uh, growing up, some people, some women that I know, or like generally in the, in the community, when a woman is going to school and they're doing university, I mean, of course, people are mm. proud. They're like, hey, this girl is really trying to, hey, she's going to school. But then all of a sudden, then you start hearing, mm, you know, in Chuido, Sesusuko school now, and yes, I won't know it's like you know reduce the schooling else you not get husband to marry because mm. men don't want the over right. overly intelligent women you know they don't want a woman to be more intelligent than the man it's like mm-hmm. the woman will get some you know position in their marriage and the man is dumb or whatever mm-hmm. didn't you like did you get those judgings or those questions when you were studying especially doing your phd because mm-hmm. that's next level yeah well where to start actually like this whole idea of oh it's bad when women study because then they neglect their household task and the husband will get intimidated i think it's uh i i would say um based on stereotypes and i think it's also a bit problematic to expect a woman to um to be the one that solely needs to focus on the household like women can have ambition they can do a lot of things and still make their family life work and why is it that there's so much emphasis on on on, um or why is it that it's only the woman who is constantly questioned um and who needs to fulfill all these expectations and it's less often that the, the man will then also be asked similar questions. Oh, but why do you have all these aspirations? Like, how does it affect your family? Is it usually the woman who gets to, um, who gets these questions? Like, um, of course, I know, like the things you're saying, I, I, I also know that, you know, people may have these ideas or may raise these concerns, but personally, I haven't experienced this myself. So ah, I feel quite... Good privileged in that sense Mm. like my family they are very supportive um they never ask ask me something like oh you know now you're done with your phd 
now is your time to think about um mm. family like no that's really not something that um no they don't put that type of pressure on me they just Because... really want me to, to you know to do what i like and to succeed in my own way Because growing up, there's some um, growing up. I've um, I knew I knew some ladies who were like going to school, like normal high school, whatever. And their parents were, you know, solely like go to school, no boyfriends, go to school, no friends, go to school, don't go out to mm. do parties, to do this, you know, focus on school, focus on school, you mm. know, have social zero social life. And then the moment they are like twenty three. Then twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, going. Then the person like, mm, when are you bringing a husband to the house? Don't you think mm. you have to, you know, tone down this school, school, school thing, or tone down this career, following your career, following your dream, blah blah blah, and go and look for husband? You know, because before I, we, before we started this interview, I was really thinking about, <laughs> I was really thinking about it, and I also like on social media, you know, that people who are always constantly having discussions about these things and all that, and I went to read some couple of comments and. Apparently, there are lots of people who have had the same or um, the mm. similar experience that you know you're not allowed to do anything growing up. You know, you have to focus on school, career, and then when you are getting there, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, ah, ah. But when is the man? Especially, it only happens with women, not men. The men mm. they can aspire and do whatever they want, but as for the woman, the moment you are clocking, mm. they're like, mm, isn't it time for you to turn it down? So I was wondering, maybe. You too. You had similar, mm. or you have one or two uh, experience with that. That's why I asked you that question. But anyway, well, <laughs> I think Sean you're like the only one who puts pressure on me when it comes to that. <laughs> Literally, do I really put pressure on you? Hey, you like, hey. Well, you're the one asking me, like, "Hey, Gladys, isn't that time? You know, for you to consider." Hey. <laughs> really, oh, Jackie? You see, I'm Literally. always condemning people who do that. You see, I'm learning myself. <laughs> yeah and of course you know i do um agree that as a woman that at a certain stage you may have to think about okay what is it that i want in life because you know maybe your biological clock is ticking and at a, after you reach a certain age it may become more difficult to get children but i think it's up to the women to decide when it's my time and also don't feel like you you have to fulfill all these things because other people are telling you that this is what you should aim for in life i think it's up to you to decide okay this is what i want and if it's something you want then you you may want to consider taking like concrete steps to get there but um yeah i i don't think that you know once you're 23 then you need to really start looking for your potential husband if it's something you want go for it if you want to live uh you know if you want to be a married woman by that time and even if you want to be a stay-at-home mom so go for it you know i don't Everybody think there's anything wrong with that your yeah. father is Ghanaian and your mom is dutch did you get a lot of support from because i assume because you know your mom's side is the dutch side maybe i'm wrong about i'm assuming that they supported you a lot you know they are okay with your decisions and all that but did you get the same support from your father's side of the family well just to clarify um my mom is dutch and surinamese mm. and actually she identifies more strongly with her surinamese side so when i think about my upbringing you know there are some dutch influences uh, but also some influences from her surinamese side um and um yes uh, to answer your question if um uh if i 
got the support, the same type of support from my mom's side of the family uh, as I did from my dad's side of the family. So, um, you know, it's also good to mention that I didn't grow up with my, uh, with my dad's family because my dad's family, most of them, they live in Ghana. My dad is one of the few of the family who actually moved to Europe. Um, yeah, now more and more family members are moving to Europe. But uh, when I was growing up, my, I only knew my family and some of his friends. So I also didn't really feel like I grew up in a Ghanaian community because I was also living with my mom. And um, already from a, when I was around the age of 10, my dad moved to the UK. So I was mainly, you know, with my mom. Um, yeah, my mom's family was always supportive. They always um, really encouraged me to follow my own passions. Um, even if I wanted to be, become a painter or like an, mm. a music, music artist, they would be like, okay, you know, just, just go for it. And more specifically, my mom, she was always the one who also really values creativity. I think it was more my dad who was saying like, okay, you know, it's uh, you know it's important to to study to get good grades but also consider study doing something like law or medicine it wasn't really like anthropology I was like ah, what are you going to study what is mm, anthropology what is so yeah yeah so although he really encouraged me to 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 aim high when it comes to education um he did i think have different aspirations for me so it was, I'm very happy that my mom was always telling me also, just do what you want to do. Otherwise, I may have, you know, become a lawyer and not really be and, happy. And um, like every, everybody. Of course, you never know how life goes. Yeah. You can end up <laughs> there. So yeah, the typical yeah. become a doctor, banker, lawyer. Oh, Lord. Mm, We've all had yeah. it. Growing yeah. up for me. You, Gladys, is like you are one of the typical examples that I always used to get compared with. And I know it's not only me, most African children as well. You see, you see that Gladys. You have to be like her. You see the way she reads her book. Even if she's sitting in the bus, she's reading. Even if she's sleeping, she has a book on her forehead. Anything that she's doing, book, book, book. You have to aspire and be like her. <laughs> Growing no, up, I didn't I like people actually, like you at all. Because every that's, time <laughs> the comparison. <laughs> no, but that's not how I was growing up. Of course, I was saying before that I really like my uh, you know my studies, but in high school and primary school, I wasn't like this typical nerd person who was like always reading and you know um doing my homework on time that's also how I was as a child so even in school when I had a you know an an examination or something exam I would always do it very last minute so I wasn't like the typical uh you know uh, student who was super organized and really um always getting good grades I think it changed when I entered university because I was finally doing what I really like to do I really hated mathematics, for example, where you're forced to do it when you're in primary school, when you're in high school. But now when I was studying in university, I could actually really do what I wanted to do. That's when I really started to blossom as a student, I would say. Before that, I was just like, oh, okay, let me just do what I have to do. But what, what were you, oh, when you were yeah. going to uh, high school, what were you doing? Were you doing um, HAFO or FMBO? or uh, Feveo, what were you doing? 
uh, I was doing video. But hey, even that um, one, you know the comp- <laughs> And the way we will get criticized. <laughs> hey, even do it. Not even half. We're doing favor. My friend. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so maybe like the story that I was just presenting, maybe you like, uh, no, I don't believe and you. Mean, you were, you <laughs> were doing, you, compared to family, you, you, you were higher. I beg. No, I think it's, it's so bad, that this comparison thing. And you know that people are made to feel like they are less um know that they're not, not to be smart, smart because yeah. they are not yeah that they're not doing enough just because they are in a certain educational track it doesn't say anything about your level of intelligence so i i think this whole comparison thing should also stop because i really also agree that people who are in thambio for example they really stigmatized for also not being motivated enough for example but mm. you know this is really based on stereotypes i would say um actually when i was in uh group eight, you know the la- final um um year of primary school that's i'm not sure if the listeners know but in the netherlands you have to do the cito examination mm-hmm. and then based on your score you are um they will assign you to a certain educational track right and i was actually advised by the the teachers to do FMBO HAFO, so much lower than the educational track that I ended up doing. But it was my mom who was like, uh, no, I don't agree with this advice, this recommendation. I think my child, I think Gladys should go to the, the, uh, a much higher educational track. So she really pushed the teachers to send me to HAFO FMBO. Um, and uh, eventually I was sent to um, half of AEO and even when I was in high school the teachers were still saying like, oh I don't think Gladys can can do half of AEO she should do fame BO half o. so I was always underestimated by the teachers actually it was literally my mom who believed in me from the start and who pushed me to aim higher mm-hmm. so if I wouldn't have had my mom's support I think I would have also done fame BO maybe half o. You hear of this thing a lot often here in the Netherlands, for example, that, you know, when children do the CITOTUTS, a CITO exam in uh, group 8, that they give them um, a lower grade than what they uh, than what they actually can, you know, do. So, well, you're mm-hmm. not the only one. So. <laughs> exactly. Only yeah. One. So that's, I think it's important to share this because people may think, oh, she has done this PhD. This means that her educational journey was so smooth but that was it wasn't like that I really had to also I I experienced some struggles of people who underestimated me um, and I was very lucky to have um, the type of support that I received and also access to resources so even when I I felt like okay I cannot do this I should stop there were it was always like my mom was saying okay maybe um, we can ask someone to help you to assist you with this this uh, you know this particular uh, um, uh, course that you're struggling with, like with mathematics, for example. So I had these type of resources that um, also enabled me to you know cope help with those you challenges. with your yeah oh, yeah. yeah i remember when i was growing mm-hmm. up in togo so we had a homeschool teacher who come twice oh, i hated the experience exactly <laughs> <laughs> i hated that too but actually looking back it's a privilege to very have access helpful to this literally literally 
but as a black woman, I'll say a black um, woman with a PhD, what would you advise mm. follow? Well, I don't want to stereotype this and be like, oh, it's only black people. But I mean, if you're being honest, you know, in where we are coming from, we don't really get to, we don't really have these things often happening in our community, right? Like people really going forward, moving for, you know, gaining success. And, you know, it's more in the outside, on the outside. I'm not really mm. in our community, but so as a black woman, um, getting your PhD, working hard all these years, and finally, you know, getting the acknowledgement that you deserve, what would you mm. advise other people growing up to also, you know, want to become someone in the future? Mm. Uh, that's a good question. Because I also think it starts with the whole definition of success. How do you define success? Is it based on what you think success means or are you defining it based on what you think other people around you think um, of su what success means and we spoke about this in this conversation so oftentimes maybe you you have parents telling you like this is what you should do you should become a lawyer you should become a doctor and that's based on that you think oh this is what it means to be successful this is what it means to become someone so I think it's very important to think for yourself. Of course, I'm not saying like ignore what your parents are saying. They also have valid points. Like the reason why my dad was maybe putting so much emphasis on this was also because that's uh, he, he wants me to, to succeed, to find a job. And, you know, once you uh, choose, choose certain uh, study programs, it may be more likely that you, you'll be able to find a job. Then, for example, when you study anthropology, because it's also something that a lot of people are not familiar with. So I think it's important to um, also if you want to do something that is maybe out of your comfort zone, but that you are very interested in. Um, and there are, no, there are no people around you that are doing something like that. Just try to also... Be, be, be take the initiative to find people maybe outside of your network who are doing this thing that you're interested in so for example I didn't know what anthropology was but I was just googling and I found this study program in Amsterdam I went there to the um, um, like an open day I spoke to people who were studying anthropology I didn't know any of them um, personally and they actually um, you know inspired me to to follow up on my desires. So yeah, try to reach out to people that can, um, can help you make a well-informed decision. And also if that means that you have to go out of your comfort zone. Um, saying anthropology, yeah. what is anthropology? Yeah, um, so and when you do anthropology, you basically want to understand why people behave the way they, wait, wait let me rephrase. Why do people do what they do, to put it very simply? So it's not, you know, as a when you study psychology, you also try to understand, you know, people's, uh, um, you know, what's going on through people's, in people's head, in people's minds. But when you study anthropology, you look more closely at their, um, for example, how they are shaped by the environment in which they live. Like, oftentimes people think anthropology is about studying cultures. So, oh... How, what cultural practices are going on in this culture? And then you try to see, okay, because of they grew up in this culture, that's why they 
they behaved in a, behave in a certain way. That's oftentimes what people think uh, think about when they hear the word anthropology. But um, as anthropologists, you can apply what you learn in each situation. And e even like if you want to, for example, study um, how people behave in a work setting, you go to a company and then you, you conduct interviews with people. You really observe what is happening there. And you say, okay, this company has a certain culture and this is what makes people act in a certain way, for example. Mm. And yeah, I'm not sure if that makes sense, but yeah. it's basically... Uh, That's anthropology. Yeah. Saying, can mm -hmm. someone like me also apply for a PhD or do you have like, do you need to have like a certain... Uh, uh, how do you call it? A certain degree before you can uh, mm. apply for PhD. Yeah. Well, usually you need to have a master's degree in order okay. to apply. Um, mm. But of course, anyone can go for a PhD position if you first, of course, go uh, and get your master's degree. And I actually think that is not everywhere that this is a, the this is something that you need to do in order to apply for the phd i think in the united states you can even apply for a phd position with a bachelor's degree mm -hmm. so like maybe mm -hmm. uh that's more accessible in a way mm -hmm. i'm not sure but here in the yeah. netherlands so, definitely um, master first i believe so yeah I, i don't know anyone who has applied for a phd position without um this qualification And of course, they will also look at your CV. So, do you like, um, 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 yeah, what do you else do you need to have? Like, some research experience is often um, desired. If you don't have it, then that's okay because sometimes, you know, when you are in school, you don't think about gaining research experience because you're only focusing on, you know, your schoolwork. So, um, but they will check your grades the grades you you got during your studies and they will also ask for um, references so teachers that um, know you and they will then write a letter mm. to basically explain why they think you should be the phd candidate wow so it's something yeah. very serious it's not just yeah something yeah oh, wow. it's quite serious yeah <laughs> not like oh let me just apply you know you really mm. have to take your time you have to write a cover letter You have to prepare your CV. Sometimes you have to even send um, an example of some of the work, like some an essay that you've written. But this, don't let this be something that will stop you from applying. Because mm, you know, I, I did to ask as well. You, because I wanted to ask you, what they did you face any challenges during the, the applying and also during the the uh, the study itself? You know, mm, well, the application phase when pretty smoothly you know I really know that that it was something I wanted to do so I was able to make this um, clear in my motivation letter it was um, you know I was very passionate about the topic so that was reflected in my letter um, and when I got invited to do the interview that also went I think it went quite well otherwise of course I wouldn't have gotten the position so that went smoothly it was just during the PhD position that I experienced some challenges So, um, yeah, and I think it's also often seen as part of the PhD. That's why it's also like 
this celebratory moment you know when i got the the, the title everyone was mm. like whoa it's, it's like such a huge moment because it's like blood sweat and tears literally it's the four years of your life that you dedicate to the research so yeah it's to, of course it's different for everyone but to me it wasn't uh, it wasn't an easy process to say the okay. least um, but gladys would you like to share any information that if someone wants to know you know how to apply for a phd or has question about studying here in the netherlands or abroad and all that how can they contact you so you can give them some tips and tricks mm-hmm. yeah so i can um, um give my email address or my instagram what is easier you can give Which both. I'll put I it think? in the description box. All right. Yeah. So gladys.acomuncobri at gmail.com. That's my email address. Uh, yeah. And my Instagram is glad.acom. Um, yeah, that's it. Glad.acom. Mm. So if you have any questions about anything related to doing a PhD or applying for scholarships or just, you know, how to follow your aspirations, follow your, your desires, you can ask me I'll you can ask her to, she, uh, she's always open and happy to help everybody even now if mm-hmm. i want to go to school she's the one person that will go and go ask questions because she has gone to mm-hmm. school she knows the ins and outs anyways let me talk too much for people to think that i've not gone to school i don't really know anything anyways <laughs> thank you so much that's all i have for you thank you bye Thank you for listening to the Afri Talk podcast. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. For more amazing stories, stay connected by following me on all social media platforms. Find me on Instagram at AfriTalk underscore pod, on Twitter at AfriTalk pod, and on Facebook, AfriTalk podcast. Or you can send me an email at AfriTalkP at gmail.com. AfriTalkP at gmail.com.